right this way, please. Welcome to Quindecum. Please have a seat. What is this weird place? I don't know. They sealed us in here like it's a tomb. Now that you are here, we shall have you play a game. The stakes of the game are very high, your lives, in fact. The two of you will now compete against one another. And there's one more thing I forgot to say. There'll be consequences for the loser. Potentially fatal consequences. <laughs> Until the game is completed, you cannot leave. <gasps> oh God, I'm so sorry! I didn't mean to, my hand slipped! Do you happen to know what the most primitive emotion human beings experience is? Fear, my dear. Bartender. We're already dead now, aren't we? It's a dream, right? It has to be. Nothing this crazy could be real. <laughs> Dirty bitch, I'll teach you! And welcome everyone to Anime Splaining. And even though your patrons may already be dead, there is no reason to not have your bar be tidy and clean. It is episode number 14. And we have watched Death Parade, the first six episodes. I do not know what rhyme I will do that rhymes with clean for the next one, but I will save that for next month either way. And we have Joey, Marwin, and Tina on this one, as well as Andy making a return to the podcast. Hey. Yeah. So, Joey, starting with you as the non-anime watcher, Death Parade is considered to be, in its genre, a thriller. Is this a thriller? I mean, it tries to take you on... Like, it it tries to be an episode of, well, I guess this predates Black Mirror. Basically, it tries to be suspenseful and take you on, uh, I guess the only thing I can think of is a swerve. So it tries to swerve you mid-episode each time. So I guess in that aspect, I'd call it a thriller. I mean, they they put you on an emotional, uh, an emotional slide, so to speak. It might just be like a slide that, you know, where you get stuck at the top and then just basically rumble all the way down because the slide's not very smooth, but it is a slide. Are you sure it's not a roller coaster? I feel like you're describing a roller coaster, an emotional roller coaster more than a slide. I wouldn't call because again, if this is a if I would call this a roller coaster, I would call this like those roller coasters that you go to at carnivals that like are just these tiny ones that are meant to put the three year olds on. The ones where the highest points are about shoulder level on an adult. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Tina, then, would you, like, Tina, would you consider this to be a, a thriller or a psychological thriller as it is labeled in Funimation's little thing? I wouldn't go that far as like a psychological thriller, but I don't know how else you would like really 
describe the genre because I guess Joey makes a good point. They do try and swerve, but I don't know how else you. I, thriller is just a really strong word for it. So I guess in a way, it's like a light psychological thriller, like diet psychological thriller. <laughs> See it as like the dark cousin of like you're touched by an angel, quantum leap. Yeah. Like a lot of these very wow. episodic, we are going to show you the slice of someone sure. and generally it has a message at the end type thing. Yeah, I would agree with that. And it's kind of nice that they like each episode isn't all about the two characters. It like gives you some some background on the um why am I blanking on the word? What they are. Arbiters. Yeah. On the arbiters and like kind of how it comes about, so it's it's kind of nice. It doesn't just only focus on the two souls they're judging right now. That's true. It could be very procedural, like Law and Order SVU, and we could just be focusing on the souls, and these guys could have no real personality. But I like that in between the episodes, we get to learn a little bit more about everybody, which I guess a lot of other shows should could learn from. Yeah, I agree. Like, I like learning about Nona, and I forget the other lady's name. That's the technically the human, and the other arbiters that kind of poke around, and then the guy that's supposed to be God, basically, like God-ish. Yeah, her name is technically a spoiler, but her name is Chiyuki. Oh. But she is known as only the black-haired woman in the script up until like like the very last episodes. Mm-hmm. Got it. So it is not your fault for forgetting her name because they very much want to hide her name. That's fair. They kind of just like refer to her as the human in the last episode that we watched. <laughs> it's like a new girl in any other company, really. That's fair. She's like the intern. Like you're just intern. Fetched human. Exactly. Human equals intern in Arbiter world. Yeah, so before we get into the episode-by-episode, since we watched the first six, and it kind of moves in terms of its plot, since these are very, very episodic, very Crypt Keeper, very Tales from the Cryptish, I guess, Marlin, what did you think of the overall concept behind uh, Death Parade, in that you have this bar, you have it being judging people to go to the, go to the afterlife, and that sort of thing. Do you at least like the concept as it stands? I do like the concept. I like having different ideas for purgatory and the judgment for whether you go to hell or not. It's a great idea and kind of makes light of it. It's just that the subject matter itself becomes very sad. It's it's good. It's well-written. It's just also super depressing. So I'm a fan of the concept. I just don't think I'll be watching the show twice. And Joey, how about you? How do you feel? on it as a concept since this is your first time seeing there's i mean obviously i like things like defending your life and they are they are a similar story build so there's parts of the concept i like the i found finding the arbiter's story much more interesting so that second episode is my favorite one where you have nona is the most interesting character to me and having her potentially i think disagree even with the the main guy Deckham that was really, really interesting to me, or like at least say, Hey, I think this is what these two people are doing. But instead I think they make the mistake of uh, making the people that are being judged, the main characters when to me, they feel more secondary because then you really never 
get fully invested into some into a character. Like I don't really care about Deckham in the first or like the third or fourth episode. I care about the people being judged. It's the second there. There's one more episode where Nona shows up where you begin to learn about the Arbiters more. So to me, as a concept, I like that you're following the Arbiters a little bit. I just think they could have spent more time on them. And cough, second half cough. (laughs) Yeah, the. There's a point where I think that it's intentional. Um, the The episodes do move, and I think every single one of them has a very distinct direction that they're trying to go in, that it's trying to very much like handhold the audience through. Because very much it's, you have the first episode, which is just giving you the idea that people are judged in the bar. Second episode is... Uh, basically, it, it is establishing the problem. Arbiters can be wrong, and therefore some, a third party is needed to come in to maybe see if Arbiters need to understand that they can be wrong or see the more emotional side. The third episode is made to make us realize that not everything that they're going to deal with is absolutely tragic. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a good move on their part. Yeah. yeah, fourth episode is just kind of by the book. It's like, now that you know all these things, here is this thing, which I will get into why that one, I think, carries with it some some problematic themes across the board. And then five and six is where you start gaining into lore dumps, where now we have established like the rules of this thing, so now we are going to show our main character getting a secret shopper (laughs) and then we're going to show that secret shopper having a very different method of judging so i think i think the direction is there and it's just going really slow it's kind of funny i thought it would be a show well about life and death as it were but it seems the real show that we're going to be getting well it's it's about it's a workplace drama. We're getting a workplace drama. The workplace is just really odd. Uh, make another yeah. another show reference. So it's dead like me, essentially. Yes, yeah, it's pretty much dead like me. Yeah, that was a great show. <laughs> that was good. But yeah, it's kind of Marlon's right. It's kind of like a workplace drama versus just being strictly about the souls that are being judged it's like you can see the background and i think it just makes it the story a little bit more rounded instead of just like you said by the books like this is this is how we judge this is what's happening here's the game we're playing all right let's move on yeah it's easy just just sad episode every episode (laughs) sorry yeah yeah no and speaking of rounded out stories tina so kind of getting into as we get into like just general episode discussion Obviously, one and two are linked. They're the same story, just kind of piggybacking off each other. If you saw the first episode and then understood the second episode would be a week later, would you con- would you continue watching this show? Well, we always do like need to need to give it two episodes. So like in our general like way we watch shows, it's like if the first episode kind of sucks, we're like, all right, we're going to give it one more episode, and then the second episode sucks, then we're going to 
then we're not going to watch it anymore. So I think it's fine. It kind of hooks you into being like, what is this about? And then you, you want to watch the second episode. It hooks you and then goes, oh, so this show just hates women. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of how it goes. Yeah. So, Joy, what are your thoughts on those first two episodes and telling the story of pretty much a marriage that was bad from the start? Yeah. And supposedly the wrong person gets redeemed. Because is, isn't he the one to be reincarnated or whatever? Yep. The judgment oh. is wrong in the end. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's why I like the second episode, because basically Nona right away redeems the the um, the first female character that's being judged in the little darts game. So that makes, obviously, Nona more likable. Um just being able to see that because that first episode had a tough time keeping my attention because they're the emotional, the emotions of the characters sways so often like, Oh, first the one guy is so protective, but then he's so jealous and then he wants, and then at the same, but then he's remorseful, but then he's jealous again and even wrathful. And then you have um, his wife who is, pretty much loving throughout and this very, very sympathetic character. And then she tries to swerve you at the end, but like the emotions, basically the story doesn't really make sense because why would they be, why would they be trying to protect each other? If this is how they felt about each other, the way in, mm -hmm. especially knowing at this point, they're both already dead and what the cause of their death was, which is the jealousy of the husband trying to go for the phone and driving him off a cliff. Here's the thing, though, and where I think this show has some issues with it is that even if we look at that first and second episode as it relates to that, the outcome doesn't matter if the Arbiter is right or wrong. As they state themselves, they're reincarnated into a new life they, with no knowledge of their old, old life or your soul's destroyed. Either way, the consciousness of both people end. There's no real difference other than a soul's recycled or not, which has no stated implications in the entire series. The consciousness of the person being reincarnated in theory does not end. You're reincarnated into something else. You just have no memory of being of your your experiences prior to the new consciousness that you would gain. While right, would, which means while that effectively it's erased. It is. With the still, but they're still given a chance at a new consciousness, whereas a person going into the void is done. Yes. And there's never a stated reason as to why. So if the consciousness is overwritten, this is, in my opinion, the show comes off very much as kind of baby's first Nietzsche reading. Hmm. Because it's that whole thing of morality, there is no objective reality and object or morality and objective morality is not really a good thing for you. And, it's, it, you know, it's more or less, it seems like a judgment needs to be made, but I mean, even if you look at it from a bigger picture perspective, the overall outcome is entropy, right? Because even if you're reincarnated, you're based on the actions of a single lifetime, not the cumulative result. So even if you're the one saved this time, then in that case, you just go through the system again until eventually you do fail. Well, I think that's also a problem I had with the first episode in general compared to, again, as Tony's talked before, the Defending Your Life. So in the movie Defending Your Life, the characters are judged based on their doings of the past life. They're on trial and you're shown the screen of all of that was happening during your life. And this show, they're basically being judged for what they do in this game. 
because like the arbiter says or Deckham says in the beginning, this is very rare. We only review the, basically reserve this for some. So you assume it's basically like a. Uh, so there's a different floor of the tower for every circumstance. Okay. His is only for people that die at the same time that are related in some way. Oh, I see. Sorry, that's a couple episodes later where they go into that more, but that that's the basis of it. But I mean, that's what, like, to me, the failure is, like, why would they be judged on just this game rather than whereas defending your life is a better concept as a whole, where they're def- where you're, they're, you're being judged on what you had actually done during your lifetime. Because in this case, it would make sense, especially that first episode, where the husband would be judged more for based on his jealousy. In fact, having his jealousy, having killed them both, rather than, you know, how they acted in the game where the wife ended up saying something in order to save his soul because she had a better understanding of what they were playing for or what the stakes are. And and see, to your point there, I think that's where the show loses grip with its own subject matter a bit because it doesn't even play by its own rules even in the first two episodes. We know in the second episode that uh, they're telling the girl with the black hair Yes, we have access to all of their memories, but to judge them correctly, we need to observe them in action because memories aren't enough. We are then told in the second and first episode, the Arbiters don't have the concept of understanding emotions. So they're observing what in particular they wouldn't get. It's like putting a DVD into a DVD player that's not hooked up to a TV. Sure, it runs, but nothing's consuming it. Mm -hmm. It further kind of goes down this whole rabbit hole of it where they're not show themselves not even use it. So, for instance, with the girl with the black hair says, hey, you know, I think she was trying to save him and she didn't really cheat on him. We have our main protagonist who seems to be surprised by this. The same guy that supposedly had access to all of her memories and should have known whether she was lying or not. Andy, I think you are getting lost in the weeds here. <laughs> because you're, one, you're judging something that is based very much on dream logic. But also, you said that this is a means to show that there is no objective reality. But no, there, there is... Objective morality, not reality. There is objective morality in this, even. Because what, they're do- yeah, because what they do in those very first two episodes, like I said, they show, yeah, they show you how these judgments are done. You are made as audience to thinks like wow that's that's a real switch over i don't necessarily feel like this was a correct decision and then in the in the little post credit scene they even go like oh we let's let's play this back let's let's look at this again and then they give it to you in another light because their goal is to tell the audience that they were correct in their reading from the first episode based on how they feel. It is probably the most subtle that this show gets in terms of what it does, but they are they're pushing you in a very in a very certain direction because what they're doing is they're saying that even these judge characters even though they have access to things that we as humans cannot comprehend can be wrong. And that's the main thing that's important. The other part of it that's important is regardless of what choice they make, there's no oversight or correction. They are allowed to do so independently 
and whatever they say goes, regardless of all of that. Yeah, but then you are arguing with the idea of the afterlife, because what we get in the fifth and sixth episodes is that these people are overworked because people are dying too fast. I don't really understand what that part has to do with this, because the point is that there being no objective morality is that you're subject to the whims of another person's perspective and point of view. The totality of the truth doesn't factor in. But then you're, you are judging it based on a completely separate thing from the text. I see what I, I see where Andy's going, whereas I see what the results of the story, especially in episode one, is you get the unfair result. So the results point to there being no, no objective morality because the basically the wrong guy gets gets the benefit or gets the reward, whereas we as the viewer. So from why I think one's I think Tony, you're arguing the show's perspective. Where Andy, I think you're arguing the results of that particular episode and the the actual arbiters themselves. So I, I think it's two separate things, but I, I it does steer into my main issue, which is, again, why the second episode to me is the best one. Shouldn't they have just started off introducing Nona right off the bat? You can learn more about her and learn about really the functions of this world. And then all of these other stories can just basically be watched from afar. You don't have to be invested into any of these other storylines and just learn more about her and learn more about the Arbiters. I think that's a failure of the show. Uh, I feel like... It comes in later, so it might... Sorry to cut you off, Marlon. But I do think that, I, from what Andy was saying, it sounds like it comes in later, and this is just the direction the show wants to go in the beginning. But I think the problem is it begins to lose me right away after that. Well, I guess the issue of that is what would be the hook in the first episode where you flip the order? Where is it, where to be about this person who's just being introduced to this world, being introduced to this company and what they do? That's just exposition right off the bat. I'd rather be shown what they do and then have them explain after. I mean, you can, which you can you can hook people like kind of like Lost, where like all of a sudden it's just this plane crash. Hey, all of a sudden you're dead. This is what we do here. This is we judge people. I mean, that I think right away, if, if you explain that well enough, will hook a viewer because. Right away, you start right off the bat. Okay, this character is dead. How they? It, it just raises questions. How would they die? What kind of life do they leave? Are they going to? What is their afterlife like? And it it raises questions that engages the viewer a little bit more, rather than just like, why are these people playing this stupid game? Which is the first fifteen minutes of the first episode. I can see that, but the, the questions were enough to keep me engaged, and I got lost in the story itself between these two. And essentially thinking I was getting a romance drama. And in the twist of having him being dead and that none of it mattered, that having the essentially the premise of the show be the twist, that was enough for me. Uh, but I can only speak for myself. I feel like all the questions I kept raising throughout the entire 22 minutes of the episode, that was enough to keep me from tuning out. I think the, the first episode had way too many like twists and turns. To make it like I get so this when you talk about thrillers, like usually there's something that happens in a thriller that kind of gets you on the edge of your seat or at least like makes you sit up because suddenly you're interested in what's going on. This show, every twist and turn was just like it was like I didn't see it coming, but it didn't engage me. 
I was just sitting there like, oh, like, oh, I mean, cool. He, she's pregnant. Like now that changes, you know, will he be so mean or is it? And then all of a sudden like, oh, is it his baby? Oh no, we don't know that. And like, and there, it just moves along the way where every twist just, and there's like three or four of them. It makes them, when there's more than that, when there's too many, it just makes them feel unimportant. Tina, as the other like fellow non, at least non regular anime watcher, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you think at least like these first episodes, did they need the gore that they have? Like the dart game gore just immediately throws me off because if they're dead, who cares? Like, what does it matter if like do you have to make the squishy sound every time? Like Jesus, why don't you just show them with their limbs falling off? Yeah, I think it's supposed to be saw. <laughs> yeah, I. I can agree. It was a little bit over the top. Like I understand, I understand they're trying to like kind of hit it home that like, Oh, this is actually happening to them, I guess in a way. But I, yeah, I can, I can see where you're saying like, it didn't really need the squishy sounds or the gore on the dartboard. They could have just shown the reaction of the person getting hit in the eyeball, you know, or wherever they got hit, like in in the gut or whatever. And they didn't really need to do the sound effects and crap like that. Exactly. Like, I agree with you. Like, they're trying to, like, it's like the show's trying to raise the stakes. But what are the stakes? They're already dead. Yeah. I mean, this is Studio Madhouse, and I enjoy Studio Madhouse and stuff. But they are known for kind of going head on in as hard as they can into the stylistic elements of their stuff. I mean, it's the same way that they say, you're not actually hurt by this doing. It's just pain. But then his wife still coughs up blood. It's just there for the style, I think. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and I'm I'm honestly someone who can play like a fighting game or something. If you have a fighting game that has a very good foley artist behind them, that equates to a punch in a fighting game feeling like something that you have achieved to something that is just kind of there, dependent on what sound it makes, if there's screen shake, things like that. That sound, that squish, is made to make it feel chunky, to, <laughs> to, give, it, to give it that very visceral feel. And the fact that you have a reaction to it means that it worked. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that and mm. these two showing up in the middle of nowhere, they don't know where they are, they have no way of getting out, they're forced to play a game, the game hurts each other, this is supposed to evoke images of sides. It does it on purpose. I, I, I think that's why they're grossing you out in the episodes after are significantly less gross. I feel it was a, mis- a blatant misdirection. It's tricking you to figure it's going to be this disgusting torture porn show. And then, oh, wait, no, it's not. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if it worked. I was forced to watch this show. It's not like I was being like, oh, well, that was so gross. I better turn on the next episode. Anyway, we get into episode three at this point with uh, basically a a story where at the end of the day with uh, with death reverse was the whole thing of like, oh, maybe this marriage would have worked out if they just didn't careen off a cliff. And <laughs> known at the and known at the very end is just like nah, that that guy was awful. 
he it Noda obviously watches Married at First Sight to immediately just be able to judge someone who's completely irredeemable right in the first ten seconds. No. <laughs> but then we get the third episode, which Tina, if this was a Married at First Sight couple, would you be rooting for them? Remind me of the third couple again, I'm sorry. It is the bowling one. So Oh, it, okay. Yeah, it is the the one where Oh, she had the plastic she, surgery. She got plastic surgery to right. look like their childhood friend, which is weird. Weird. Really yeah. weird. They actively said they don't know if she looks like her. They do have that sentence there because he she asked uh, the arbiter at that point, "Does she look like their friend?" And he goes, "I don't know that." Even still, um, I feel like they they'd be one of those couples that like you root for in the <laughs> beginning, like yeah, they're really gonna work, and then they just slowly dissolve through <laughs> like through the the season. So that's kind of how I feel about them. It's all passion through the honeymoon, and then they live together, and it's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, basically. Maybe that's why they worked. They knew they didn't have to live with one another. <laughs> yeah, like, they do really well, like, on the honeymoon and, like, uh, during the wedding. They're like, oh, everything's wonderful. Everything's great. I love him so much. He's just wonderful. And then they start to, like, slowly just hate each other. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how I how I feel about that. Sorry to you. Sorry to the other three non-married at first sight watchers. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a pretty basic rule here. Don't marry your stalker. Yeah, fair. But this tells you that if you... Maybe you can have a relationship with your stalker. Well, she's not really a stalker. She just kind of gets plastic surgery to look like their childhood friend and then just continues to work in the bowling alley. Because no. she's upset about him being interested in her friend. And it shows multiple scenes where she's just following him from behind. Yeah, yeah. this one didn't really emotionally connect with me, not gonna lie. It is <laughs> a weird one. I think it's where the the fact that these episodes need a twist kind of falls apart. Mm-hmm. Like, if this was just like a no, a no frills, this is really just a just a rom-com episode to kind of break the first two episodes being incredibly depressing. I think it still would have worked, but they still need the, they need the JJ Abrams mystery in there. So they need to figure something out. And it's like, Oh, well, what's decently low stakes. Uh, she doesn't know who she hit, who she actually is. Why? Cause she got plastic surgery, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, and that's the weird thing about that episode. It's just so strange. It's like she decided to get the uh, plastic surgery supposedly after she had given up on him. She wants to take control of her own life. That that is, that is legitimately something that I kind of applaud the the episode for. It's that her getting plastic surgery is something that she notes is just kind of for herself. And yeah, good on you. It is. It's not saying like, oh, isn't she a terrible person for doing this or anything like that. It's it's quite progressive in that idea. If we assume she got plastic surgery for herself to look like whatever she wanted to, sure. If you make the assertion it was to look like her childhood friend, that falls apart a little bit. Well, and that's that's a problem with the overall issue with having this mystery in there. Like, they wanted to have 
they wanted to have their cake and eat it too. They wanted their mystery to give a little bit of of that thriller atmosphere, but at the same time, it doesn't really work because it is so low stakes. I just feel like it would have been equally good, if not better, if they just held the fact that there was a third person at the playground away and that was the twist. It's not the girl you thought at first. It was the other girl that was there. See, I agree with Tony. Like, if you would have taken out, like, this one could have been my favorite episode because it did remind me more of Defending Your Life. But then, yes, the twists and turns get so freaking stupid with the plastic surgery and all that garbage. Like, why couldn't they just have been two people that just randomly met at the same or randomly died at the same time? And they played this and it was like, wow, I'm generally interested in you in another life. We could have had something together. Because that would have been very like defending your life. Because in defending your life, the main character meets a woman who roughly dies at the same time and he starts a relationship with her and that's how they both end up moving on. And I I like that aspect. If they would have kept that and kept out the weird twists and turns, you could have even kept the bowling game with the hearts inside. I mean, that wasn't as bad as the darts game. So, but yes, then all the twists and turns and all the other stuff just just overly complicates the story for no reason. It kind of reached a point where every other episode that's not about a dead person, those are the most straightforward episodes you're going to get. Yeah, sort of. When they just lore dump you. That's yeah. the entire fifth episode. Okay, and now if you guys will permit me to make a little bit of a rant with Death Arcade, because this one I will actually give a full summary on, because... This is where I have a problem with the overall function of the show in that they show you the mask, which give which let you determine as an audience where a character is going. So they have the little demon mask for if they're being void, voided, and the angelic match if they're being reincarnated. In this case, you have a character who committed suicide in a fit of de- in a fit of depression, and you have another character who was killed by her assistant. After she was just a terrible person, but her being a terrible person was linked to a lifetime of abuse that <laughs> happened um, that were the results of uh, if you could make it like one poor decision of having unprotected sex in a bathroom, I guess. And... The with the episode at the very end giving you this emotional moment, giving showing each character at rock bottom and wanting to sort of make amends, but they can't. It's immensely tragic because now they're both dead. And Deckham says, You both did your best, but fuck you, Misaki, because you're getting voided and suicide guy is is getting reincarnated. <laughs> Just don't show the masks in this episode. It completely Please. ruins yeah. the message of the episode. I can't disagree with that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the same thing with the bowling one. Why did either one of them decide to go to the void? No one went to the void. They were both what? angelic masks. Oh, were they? Really? Okay. Then I misremembered that one. But didn't, didn't in the fourth one, isn't Deckham messing with the game the whole time, too? Yes, he is. Because uh, that, oh, that's, that's the one where he's having the joystick pop off. At least, like, yes, 
at least in the first episode and in, in the third episode, he is seemingly like an arbiter. He's just like there on the side. He only intervenes in the first episode when the game is done before like the, right. one, the husband's going to hurt the wife. And this one, he's intervening throughout. And uh, it's just dumb. But you're you I, are I, supposed just to feel cool. that way. <laughs> Joey, you are supposed to feel that way because that is how the black haired girl feels. <laughs> yeah, she needs a name. <laughs> that seemed like a little bit more intense. Of, uh, like, oh, we need to figure out. We have to. They were like, you have to pull the emotion from the the person, and that was like the most intense way to do it. Where then he messed with it like the entire time. Whereas I think a lot of a lot of the, this was the only one we really saw where it was like really like a lot of interference. At the same time, I kind of see his point that her situation was terrible, but her being a terrible person is completely her fault. So he's putting her in these situations that are out of her control, and she keeps being an asshole anyway, so she has not learned a lesson. So in that regard, I can see why she was voided. Understandable. I will say, remember this level of interference and how he starts to react, because it is an important point in terms of the second half of the series. Noted. I'm excited for. <laughs> uh, Joey, what did you think of the overall Death Arcade episode? Because this is probably the most emotional of the six episodes that we watched. It's an episode that will get me, me to tear up generally. It's up there with like the Futurama dog episode, but I want to get your thoughts on it. Sorry, Tony. I was just... You didn't like it? Watching it. I was watching it in passing. I barely paid attention. I was like, like I was like, cool. They're playing a video game. Like they're playing the fighting game against each other. And then like, I see Deckham interfering, which is like, oh, that's different from the earlier episodes. But I mean, it was, it was, it was glances every two or three minutes. I wish I could, but it did. This show just did not resonate with me. Maybe it was the theme song being so out of place. I'm still going to blame that. That theme song is so stupid for this show. You know, but. you can just get past the theme song, right? Like you don't oh. need to watch it. You can you can hit the fast forward button. I'm supposed to take in the whole show. I'm supposed to take in the entire concept. On <sighs> most modern things, you have a skip intro button because they understand that it's the same intro every time. And when it's not the same intro every time, they generally do not have the skip intro button. Yes, but generally the intros of each show set the mood for the show. Just for like what the what the show is trying to achieve. This that intro song in no way fits what this show is trying to be. I agree one hundred percent. I wasn't as distracted by it as you were, but I do agree that it, it should set the tone and this was I come in with such high hopes only to be disappointed every time and no fault of the show, but in that it's so depressing. It's a very upbeat theme song and I'm excited to see it and there's like a butt waving my face. Oh, I'm going to see butts and it's going to be great. And then no, I get none of that. It's just depression and there's no butts. So I agree with Joey. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's like if The Good Place was set, if the intro to the show The Good Place was like a death metal song. Oh, Yeah. I, I can't disagree with that now that I watched that show. I never finished it. I meant to finish it. But yeah, you're kind of right there. I think the good place having a death metal song as the intro would be interesting. No. Like it would be a strange, like, dichotomy of things. I want to watch that now. <laughs> uh, 
was I? <laughs> I'm stuck on Marlon's comment of all depression, no butts. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was my review for the show. That got me. That was pretty funny. I mean, don't get me wrong, Tony. I mean, this episode it was it was questionable. Like, like okay, suicide guy um, moves on, but the woman who was killed, I mean, does go to hell essentially, or basically never has a consciousness again. Yes, I mean, another questionable decision, but I think to what we were discussing before, I think that is what the show is trying to achieve, where they're trying to make you question the absolute at the end. It is an, it is an episode that will make a Lutheran out of anyone, where it's just like, <laughs> actually, sin is kind of a terrible concept. <laughs> and and really truly a graceful god would just take in all sin for themselves and everyone goes to heaven and gets ice cream. <laughs> that was that was your religious theory from Tony for this episode. It is the only episode that that will happen in. Well, it seems kind of fitting for this show, I think. Unless you have some more life and death related stuff down the pipeline for us. I mean, yeah. that, that's why, again, I th- like defending your life better. Defending your life really talks about the free will because what they talk about in that movie is because he's fighting between getting reincarnated and basically going to heaven in that movie. And it's more or less the fear that he's had to overcome or does not overcome. And that's what's keeping him on the line between the two. And I think that was more of an interesting story rather than like the absolute like what you do versus the motives behind what you do. See, Joy, I think that's what your problem is. You are watching this as a uh, as a treatise on free will when actually it's... The overall theme of Death Parade seems to be empathy. And that it is only truly through empathy that you can judge someone or gain salvation in some way, shape, or form, because that gets into the fifth and sixth episode, because the fifth episode is just a lore dump. <laughs> it is, it is, uh, Deckham gets a secret shopper. We <laughs> get, uh, uh, get Ginty, uh, trying to make himself like he's a little kid to get alcohol and it's, basically just like- understanding the overall aspect of things that exist. It doesn't feel Th- like this a week episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think the fifth episode is the weakest episode of these six. Is kind of just there to give you background information. And that's really it. I don't know if anyone else wanted to talk me off the ledge here, but... No, it's the one I least remember. Isn't it the one where we get introduced to the pool guy? The guy with the pool that's just the pool table that's just the universe or is that another episode because that is the sixth episode that's not yeah then there's nothing but the fifth one that sticks out to me we get the secret shopper it's interesting before the intro and it stops being interesting after that it's a great concept the idea that someone could remember their past lives once they die and they have to deal with that but then they just kind of say no it's a dud it never happens and then we don't have to deal with it anymore so it's like one of those simpsons misleads that is why it is the worst episode, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> like, did we learn more about the girl with the black hair? I think, or oh, it's with the fuck the little the kids and the weird story with the creepy girl with the smile. Yes, yeah, oh, okay. that shit. <laughs> okay, 
So I do remember something at least. Which, but... which granted is the is the main thing that like drives the overall show theme about empathy. It's like even with empathy, you can communicate without words. <laughs> right. But but yeah, it's it's kind of just there to tell you there are, there's more than one arbiter here. This is actually a whole system of people, and some of them hate each other for reasons unknown. <laughs> so it's a workplace. There's drama. It's like the TVA and Loki. It's, it's kind of similar. Or else we'd be there's, there's so many souls, and there's always just these, this room of there's these people. It's got to be more. It's got to be a corporation. It's got to be hundreds of thousands. So yeah, I mean, also in essence, isn't the theme of any story empathy? In, in a way, because in order to find any story in, interesting, you have to empathize with the character. Or you at least have to find that character interesting. The, theme is, empathy, be, the theme is empathy, though, because the, the idea of the system behind judgment is that you are, you are separated from it. You are, you are a completely objective observ observer. Well, we see what an objective observer does... In the first episode, the objective observer is wrong. So they bring in so hey, someone who can empathize with the people be hey, being judged and points out that they're wrong. There's, then they go, oh, this person, hey, this person's needed. And that is what ends up driving the, hey, driving the overall series. And it's just an episodic thing, but it in many ways comes down to that aspect because as we get into episode six, what makes Ginty bad at his job? A complete antagonism and lack of empathy, which is why the show just fucks him over by having the two people he was judging just stick around. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Good. <laughs> <creepy> little music. <laughs> Good, because I was wondering about the consequences of screwing up said job and the afterlife. Like, do they even get paid? And if so, in what? Like, how does it work? How do you get punished? I mean, you don't. The first episode shows us that. And I'll I'll acquiesce. Certainly, Tony, you're more seasoned on this show than I am. But I I get I don't get the, again the the empathy theme. Whereas I get more like what Marlon said earlier, where it's Basically, like you could be judged at the end by these arbiters, and they could be wrong. I think that's more. It's it's the fear for you as the viewer of like, what if this is something that we have to face, and we are judged by these people that could be wrong, and how they judge us. I think it's yeah. the terror from that is more the theme than the mm -hmm. empathy. If that was the overall theme of the show, that the Arbiters are wrong and you should be terrified of that fact, then there would be more episodes where the Arbiter is the antagonist. And that does not happen. Okay. I mean, it's also a very short series. They have very limited things they can do with. <laughs> and it pretty much, as you know, in the second half, leaves the most of the Arbiter bit behind. But yeah, there, there's a level of tightness to the show that, like I said, every single episode seems to have a direction that they're wanting to go that's in conversation with the previous episodes. Even if 
Tina, I know that you did not like Cross Heart Attack because the Ugh. main character Ugh. is purposefully obnoxious. <laughs> In her stupid teddy bear headband. <laughs> but it is a show that will have you stepping carefully in the shower for like the next two weeks. So that does help. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's very true. Like the show. Die and my freaking death partner is the Miz or some shit. Wild shit. No, gotta be careful. So, Joey, let me guess. You most empathized with Ginty, a character who doesn't want to be there, who doesn't really want to do his job well, <laughs> and just wants to see two other characters, say, even though they're already dead, suffer. I would say I'd certainly oh, yeah. empathize. No, like I would, I would empathize. I certainly empathize with the wife in the first episode and the second episode. Because you feel like she's getting the raw deal. Nope, you just want to hang out with your cat. <laughs> <laughs> so you empathize with certain characters, but it doesn't mean like... But I mean, they're not. she's not the most interesting character. Again, like to me, Nona and Ginty are probably two of the more... In, and Deckham himself are the most interesting characters. Are the Oculus, too. Like, But basically, the Arbiters are the most interesting characters. They're the ones that I really want to watch the show for. But it's like, because I can feel empathy for anybody, but if they don't pique my interest, I mean, I can just feel bad for them, but wait for them to be off the show. I get, you know, you feel empathy for like on whatever TV show you watch, like Supernatural in the beginning, usually they kill off a, a person in the first five minutes. Like the ghost has to kill somebody in the first five minutes. I can empathize with the person being killed. It doesn't mean I need to keep watching them. I get what you mean. I just feel like the arbiters aren't interesting enough to keep that going, <laughs> even halfway through the show. Oh, and I agree, Marlon. That's why I think there could have been more like put in around the show for them. But I mean, they could. There could be an episode seven through twelve that we still have yet to watch. Well, and I think one of the things I think that would have helped this series as a whole is if they had given us a couple more arbiters to see. Um. Because we see, we see the story start to focus a lot more on Nona and the Oculus in the later episodes. And it starts to piece together a lot a lot of why we're seeing what we're seeing and why what is happening is happening. And I think that, that those story elements would have been stronger if we had had some more examples, you know, to really say this is the state of the system. Because really we have two data points right now that says, yeah, things aren't perfect, but we don't really get a good sense of what is, you know, average like among all these unknown number of arbiters is it all just arbitrary to the individual is there a systemic issue we're trying to deal with it's really just a very narrow perspective we're trying to make big conclusions from and i mean i i'll i'll give them a benefit of the doubt that they're trying to do this in what 20 20 to 25 minutes so these are pretty large themes that you're trying to tackle in a short amount of time and to tony's to tony's credit too i mean i'll even say like is it probably a problem with my personal empathy in like TV shows like this? Sure. Like Tony and I have had debates about, you know, how much we like the movie Dunkirk because whether he feels the characters are worth being invested in whether versus how I feel the characters should be invested in and how the storyteller tells that story. Whereas I like Dunkirk and Tony does not. So we've yeah. had like a similar discussion with a different piece of media. <laughs> Joey really likes his characters to be blank slates. 
<laughs> I already feel oh, I already empathize with the characters in Dunkirk because I know the story behind Dunkirk. Well, <laughs> say, Tony, you should make him watch Persona 4, the anime, then. Because one, that's too many episodes, and also you very much need to play the game in order to understand it for the most part. Uh, I mean, you can appreciate the terrible dialogue anyway. Remember that river we used to go swimming in? Yeah. Hey, this river, could you swim in it? Yeah, that's purposely making fun of the character who's a blank slate, which is quite good. But there are other there are other anime that do better with it. Including Mobs they're not blank slates. They're one or two dimensional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tony. It's characters who are afraid. It's usually <laughs> largely what it is. I only like my characters to have the personality of a slab of granite. No wonder you find Deckham interesting. <laughs> <laughs> the first six episodes, he could be mistaken for some furniture and like, oh, I'm really interested in this character. <laughs> <laughs> he wields this absolute power. Of course, he's gonna find him a little bit interesting. <laughs> I like characters that shoot string from their hands. <laughs> like I said, he wields this absolute power. What's well, so does Gindi? It just—he's terrifying, which <laughs> makes him the most interesting person on the show. I don't want to say this in charge of my afterlife. I'm just saying, <laughs> Gindi is a pretty good heel. Although the main question I had in episode 6 was, if you're going to make a bomb, why do you use a heart alarm clock? Why not? To, to drive it home and execute this. I use a Hello Kitty alarm clock. Why did they need the heart bowling balls? I mean, what did the hearts in the bowling balls really add to that episode? It let them feel each other inside. Yeah. I don't hear Tony say that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to do the rest of the episode in that voice. <laughs> just make sure that no one continues listening to this program. You should. But I mean, that's Don't very much... Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's the kind of thing where I'm saying a lot of times Madhouse does things just to be extra with their style. It can be really fun sometimes, and sometimes it's just like, but why? Yeah, so Joey... Last question before we get into scores, final thoughts, and where you think this is going. Uh, this is made by Studio Madhouse, and it's very similar to the animation style of another Madhouse production that we watched. Although they also did one of the episodes for Star Wars Visions that we watched. Did you at least notice that the character designs were quite similar to uh, what we previously saw on the Madhouse production of Perfect Blue? Yeah, that does make sense, because just given everything feels a lot more real, a lot, lot less cartoony, I guess, really is the way I would describe it. Do you like this style more than, like, the more... Not necessarily abstract, expressive styles. I, where I, like do if you're trying, I do if you're trying to tell this type of story. So if you're trying to tell like this thriller type story or a dramatic story, I would like this style more. I mean, obviously, I'll give the other ones a pass when you're trying to be more comedic. But generally, yes, because I'm more tied to drama or thriller as opposed to comedy. As overall, I would say this animation, yes, I like better. Which Star Wars Visions episode did they do? Um, I think they did. 
It's the black and white run. Oh no, not the black and white one. No, that was done by the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure people. Uh, it's mm. it the um the not the second son. What's the one where you know what the twins that you hated? No. Yeah, um, let me let me look it up. It is do, 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 do. Oh, never mind. Madhouse did not do one of the Star Wars visions. I was thinking of Studio yeah. Trigger, which did the twins. Ah, okay. Because yeah, I was trying to figure like what episode looked like this, and I couldn't pin one down. The most that looks like Madhouse's style is the Ninth Jedi, which is done by Project IG, which does have some former Madhouse people in it. Mm. But aside from that, because I Project IG and Madhouse sort of share DNA with each other. I can see the similarities now that I looked up pictures of the Ninth Jedi. There's very similar styles of animation here. Okay, so sorry Tina and Andy, I'm going to leave you off this question because you have already seen the last 12 episodes, or the last 6 episodes. So Seen is a strong word. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. But you, you still know where the show is going. Right? Sure. (laughs) But so, Marlon, starting with you, where do you think this show is going with its last six episodes? What do you think it is building towards? I feel like it's building towards an emotional climax with Deckard. If anything, they're they're clearly paying on this whole morality issue with him and his lack of emotional involvement, and he seems to be very black and white about things and then you have this human character who seems to be questioning all of that so i feel like it's coming to a head where the entire system is gonna have to go and then they just kind of judge everybody free and able to reincarnate or decker just kind of goes hmm i guess i should change and then that's it that's kind of really small or something huge gonna ask a question that makes the robot explode <laughs> yeah i wanted <laughs> Something about Theseus' ship, and then he just kind of stands there and just goes. Joey, do you think that's where this is going? I mean, so in other words, like centered more around the Arbiters. Yes, I feel like that's where it is going, and hopefully, hoping where it does go, and then they battle. <laughs> <laughs> what other death games do you think are going to be coming in? Oh, good lord! Uh, I mean, there's been bowling, darts, video games. Uh, um, so, I mean, maybe, maybe some, uh, croquet, um, Death croquet. <laughs> oh, I mean, oh, maybe well. while we're on that, some, some bocce ball, you can, you can get some of that in there. Death pachinko. Death lawn darts. Death lawn darts. <laughs> Just no cornhole. If there is cornhole, I will turn it off. Death cornhole. Yeah, it's that it's that one lawn darts game where uh like two kids just stand like back to back and then throw a lawn dart as high as they can in the air and it's a game of chicken to see who moves first. <laughs> Is that what it's it's going to be like the just the the circle of like high school kids throwing an egg in the air? So it's like you're dead. Okay, you go I'll to the void. I, I like the I like the lawn darts more. I like there to be stakes more than just gain egg on your head. <laughs> I need there to be bodily injury involved. But I guess Tina, if you had to uh defend your life in a game, what game would you want it to be? Ah 
<laughs> I'm no good at games. A game of book it, because you are very good at it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Card game? I don't know. Every one of these pro wrestlers represents a piece of your personality. <laughs> there you go. Or pool. I'm good at pool. I mean, I'm not great at it, but I'm better one of my better games. Yeah, sadly, that was already used in the pilot. Yeah. Yeah, there's already death billiards. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. That's all I got. That's my closest yeah. thing. Yeah, Joey, just so you know, there's a lot, quote unquote, a lost episode of this. It's actually the pilot that was two years before it, but it's death billiards where pretty much the entire plot is the same as any of the any of the life plots, except they do not reveal that they're truly being judged until the very end. That's basically it. It's the most thrillery episode, really. I mean, you can still keep the billiards idea for a later episode and make it a trick billiards match, like a trick shot game. No, because b- trick billiards is so boring to watch, though. It's just like, yeah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm gonna put some English on this and make it make it spin past these $2 bills. So and it's so going to go cool. <laughs> and it's going to go through three balls and then knock this one down. And then you hear that the, the sound of a bad pool hits like, Oh, I, I get my other try. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> while I don't, while I don't entirely disagree with you, I will say it's more interesting than watching an actual pool or billiards match. Cause then you're just watching basically somebody clean the table. It's like, who's going first? Oh, that guy. Okay. Oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, they won. Cool. Now the next person goes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Cool. Now the next person goes. One, two, and it's just watching like, okay, so the games are tied. We're we're tied six six going into the thirteenth round. Who's going to take it? Oh, it's gonna be the person that goes first. Sure enough. One, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six, seven, eight. Probably the game is broken, and there needs to be a change of rules a bit. Yeah, you need to get you need to give the play, the opposing player one one pool cue smack that they can use at any time. <laughs> In the knuckles uh, on the table or on the player, it's your choice. Uh, across the back, that <laughs> you got time it just right. So Tina, starting with you, um, we. Can't necessarily score this quite yet because we haven't watched the entire thing. So, going by the seven star system that we have created in Fantasy Bookers. Oh, no. Wh- <laughs> Why is it coming to this? <laughs> okay. Where is the range that this show is working with? Like, if it completely, like, Sticks the landing on the ending as much as you remember it. Like, what is the top score that you would give and what's the lowest score where if they end up telling you that the entire show was actually real life and it's in a weird science fiction universe and everyone is a lizard. Yeah. (laughs) What would be its score then? For the first six episodes? No, for, like, what's the range? So, like, I would say that the range for this show for me is, like, solidly between five and six, like... Oh. I would I would say between, uh... I would say probably between a... F- 
I would say a three and a six only because of that one insufferable episode. I just could not stand it. So like the episodes range between like really terrible, not really terrible, but like the worst episode, like that insufferable boy band BTS stand in like mm. was, was a three for me. But like some of the, I know some of the episodes get better and there were some good episodes that we watched that I was really intrigued by. So I would give that like a six. So, you know, it kind of ranges between a three and a six for me. Okay. And Andy, what, well, I guess what's your general range going into it, even though that you have watched the whole thing uh, like a jerk? <laughs> I watched this years ago. What do you want? You can always watch it again. I did watch it again. <laughs> do you think I remembered the fact that he sat there and said she didn't, I don't know if she looks like uh, their old friend from like five years ago? Well, and that's oh. your fault for watching the entire thing all in one go. Then. So you have no one to blame but yourself. No, I've actually only watched the first six again. No, uh, but no, I would give this. I'd probably still give it a five for what it is. Uh, you know, if you'd asked me a few years ago, I probably would have said this is, you know, an easy six, low seven for me. But I, I still think there are more problematic issues than I used to think it had. I still think those need to be, you know, looked at and addressed. But. I, I still think it's better than it could have been by far, and it still has a lot of things to, you know, recommend it. So, five. Okay, and Marlon, what is the range that you give, like, a score if it sticks the landing, a score if it just kind of fucks everything up? Five is honestly the best I can give it, because it, I get a, I remove a star for being too depressing to have any replay value. I'm not coming back to this. And I remove another star for not having an engaging enough plot with the main characters, really. I'm engaged by the episodes that have nothing to do with them. I like the concept itself. Every time we have to talk about those guys, every time we have to do a lore dump, it just kind of gets dull. Because, well, they're already dead. They're not getting paid. They don't really have any stakes. So why should I be invested in them? So, five. Just because their writing is at least very crisp. I will say that that five is not a bad score. Because... The the seven star system. I forgot that we only mentioned it on fantasy bookers and not on this. But um, <laughs> one star is like absolutely insulting. Like it is insulting to your intelligence. It is insulting to you. The very fact that you are watching this is a complete insult. Um, two is it's it's bad, but you can like see you can see some redeeming qualities. Maybe three is like a generalized. I liked it. Um, you can't necessarily explain why you can, you just have more good feeling than bad. You didn't feel robbed by it. <laughs> um, four is you liked it and you can point out why five is it is good for the genre. Six is it is like awe inspiring for the genre. It is a genre benchmark in seven is it is so good. It makes you rethink what good is. <laughs> <laughs> so joey what is the range that this show is working with if it completely sticks the landing on an ending or if it completely fucks up an ending i hate it when you read what the definitions of the scores are before you come to me because <laughs> you like make me get inside my own head it's like this crazy mind game so episode episode two is the best one. So already there, I would I would move it up to at least a two and a half. 
um, at the series as a whole for the six episodes I watched. The range, I think if they stick the landing, they could get up to a five just because based on that definition, great for the genre, I think a five would be adequate if it sticks the landing in these next six episodes and really engages me. But because that theme song is so bad and because of your definition for three is that I generally have good feelings when I think about it. That makes the low point a two because so far I generally don't have entirely great feelings thinking about this show. I more or less think it was something I was forced to watch. So I understand how you cannot like Bradio, to be completely honest. They are a nice, funky band. (laughs) <laughs> if you listen to their stuff on Spotify, everything's a bop. Mate, the lead singer's kind of ugly, but aside from that... <laughs> wow, that's a weird thing to judge music on. It's the Rolling Stones. I mean, the Rolling Stones still put out good music, but I don't think Mick Jagger is like a looker. I'd hey, like I- point out Iggy Pop. I like the hey, I like the darkness and the and the lead singer of the darkness is a gargoyle. So- <laughs> hey, Goliath is handsome. <laughs> he is a bad gargoyle. <laughs> gargoyle in a bad way. <laughs> yeah, listen to Bradio on Spotify. They're no, very I, But I mean to answer your question, I'd say anywhere between a two and a half and a five. Five if it really sticks the landing. I don't personally don't think it will. I'll probably give it end up probably in anywhere from the two to four range. But if it really sticks to landing, I will give it the benefit of a doubt and say, potentially, I think they could reach a five. Hooray. Well, that is anime splaining for the first of April. Cause we did bell previously in on March 1st and next month we will be doing the second six episodes for death parade. It's almost like this is called part one for a reason. And probably I'll just play the outro theme from Death Parade for this, because normally I like find the, the boppiest music to play at the very end here. But in this case there's like only two songs for for Death Parade. So, so yeah. then our audience will have to imagine their creepy mannequins at the end though. Yep. Does it offend you, Tony, that I liked Bell better than I liked this show? It doesn't offend me, but you are objectively wrong. The <laughs> <laughs> best kind of wrong. <laughs> and with that, we are out of here. I'm not gonna make-